0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Right For Your Life podcast. Now, today I have um, some very sad news for you because Mike can't make it. Mike Hurley, my usual co-host, he's um, he's lost in London. He's been attacked by a swarm of bees. He was coming out of his house and I think they saw him. They saw his hair, which is kind of, it's nest-like And I know that bees don't live in nests, but they're kind of attracted to them in London because of all the pollution. And they just followed him all the way down the street um, until he was kind of cornered by the bus stop. And then they um, they just sort of swept him up off his feet and carried him off into the distance, and no one's seen him since. So as a result of that um, unfortunate happening, um, you're stuck with me, which is why stories like that will will happen really, because I haven't got anyone to tell me not to say them. Um, And um, I'm going to be talking about writing on my own, but it's going to be fine, it's going to be enjoyable, and if you relax, you might even feel slightly aroused by what's about to happen. So, three things I'm going to talk about. The first is London Book Fair, because that has been taking place this week in, believe it or not, in London, and I have rung the authorities uh, the people that organise the London Book Fair and they haven't seen Mike either. There's been there've been no sightings of wasps in the Earl's Court area, which is where the London bu- London Book Fair, excuse me, took place. Um, and of course, it's kind of the biggest and the baddest and the best, I guess, alongside or maybe slightly in front of Frankfurt in terms of the book fairs of the world. And um, and it's a place where publishers and agents and all kinds of organisations. Do business, they chat and they strike deals and they exchange money and go to parties and drink lots of fizz and enjoy themselves, that kind of thing. And um, and uh, and I guess it's um, and it's an interesting thing for authors. And that's why I kind of want to briefly talk about it now. Um, and I guess I've already started, so I might as well carry on. Um, I haven't really got much to say apart from if you are writing fiction or if you are writing. Um, any kind of book and you want to um, either publish it yourself or publish it in a more traditional fashion, then um, it's good to have one eye on on the book fairs, especially the major ones. Uh, Just so you know what's going on, really, it's good to have an idea of what books and what types of book, I guess, are being sold and are being picked up by publishers and and um, and it's just a way for you to kind of have some idea of what's going on in the industry. And that's important because when it comes to selling your book, um, whether that's to an agent or whether that's selling it yourself through Amazon or something like that, then you kind of need to position your book alongside other books. And you kind of need to have an idea of, like I say, what's happening in the industry so that you can talk about your book in a sensible way. And so you know that, um, for instance, it would be bad if you... A few years ago, it'd be really bad now because you'd have been living under a rock for a while. But for instance, say a few years ago, you hadn't been paying any attention whatsoever to what was going on. You hadn't read any books at all. And you went and wrote a book about wizards um, who had pals with ginger hair and went to big schools for wizards, that kind of thing. And you pitched an idea. And there's a chance that your idea wouldn't have got anywhere if you came after Harry Potter and um, a good way to uh, prevent that happening is, of course, to have some idea of what's going on in the industry and have some idea of what types of book are being bought. So that's my general point about the London Book Fair. Apart to say, apart from to say, the way to keep track of it, I guess, is um, uh, the usual kind of media outlets. So in in the UK, the Guardian have been following the book fair, uh, the bookseller, and 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 I guess all the major kind of um, Um, book publishing um, uh, outlets, that type of thing Um, but also blogs as well so um, I've posted a couple of things um, but there are other blogs that are covering it in more detail Um, some blogs are covering it specifically um, in terms of um, indie publishing because that's been a real presence at the book fair this year Um, and, and I guess the digital side of things that's been a big presence so people have been uh, blogging about it that way too. So I guess keep track of it in all the normal ways. The way that I've kept track of it mainly um, has been through Twitter. So the Twitter hashtag LBF12. Um, anyone that's at the London Book Fair or who's talking about the London Book Fair have been tweeting and then including the hashtag. So of course you can search Twitter for that hashtag um and and you 'll get a full list of everyone 's tweets related to the book fair so i 've been catching up on what 's going on what people what events people are going to um um what news stories are out there about the book fair and i 've been trying to keep up as best as best I can in that way but it 's also quite an interesting thing I think maybe for authors to go to i haven't i haven 't been obviously um uh and most authors wouldn 't it 's not it 's not an event for authors. But I would be really interested in having a wander around and just seeing what's, just so kind of uh, having a look what's going on and being part of the atmosphere and soaking it up just to get a better understanding really of how these things work. Anyway, that's my first segment. See, this is the problem with doing podcasts on your own, is that it's much more difficult to separate your segments. It's even more difficult when you try and say sentences like, separate your segments. I've just said it twice though and it went quite well both times. Okay, segment number two. See, there's no sort of smooth interaction with someone else. I just have to say it. Segment number two. Um, This is, um, I guess, a little follow-up on a blog post that I wrote this week over on Write For Your Life, the blog. Um, And it was um, about book marketing, but it wasn't really about book marketing. It was just about having the confidence to actually tell people that you've written a book or that you're writing a book or that you're any kind of writer, whatsoever and I shall I guess I shall go through the anecdote but I shall try and be quick because it's not very interesting and that's kind of the point basically I was at the opticians last week I've been trying to get my contact lenses all sorted out because I can't get them to work properly or they work properly but they hurt and they're itchy and they're irritable and it's really annoying um but that's kind of a side issue. The point is, I was in the opticians, and um, and I was sort of going through the usual small talk, as you do, um, being asked questions mainly about my eyes. That was why I was there, after all. Um, but also about, I guess, what I do. So I, I kind of brought up the fact that I was... Um, I, I work nearby, so I work quite close to my opticians. So I kind of made made a point of saying that um, that I, I I work close by, therefore I'll be able to come back for another blinking appointment. No pun intended. Uh, I wish that was a pun that I'd intended, um, because um, uh, I live down the road, so I work down the road, so I can just come back, no problem. I said to the opticians, and um, he said to me, uh, he said that's fine, that's tremendous, and um, and he said, oh, what do you do? and i said well i'm 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 a writer i work for a design company and um and you know i i write copy for websites and i write leaflets and i write pictures for winning new work and that kind of thing and um and uh, he kind of uh, sort of pretended to be interested in you know he may have been interested he was a perfectly friendly chap and um and i thought well this is this is the time where i should talk about my novel because I think like most writers, I kind of naturally I naturally become a bit timid when it comes to talking about my novel, um, in real life especially. I mean, I'm quite good at it online these days. Um, I know that that's kind of how I'm going to be marketing my novel when it comes out later this year. I'm going to be using lots of different online techniques in order to try and sell my book to as many people as possible, I guess. Um, but it can be a bit more difficult in person, and yet it shouldn't be really, because that's actually... The You know, quite arguably the best opportunity you get because you have that one-on-one interaction and if someone asks you a question about your book or your writing, whatever it might be, then you're able to give them an answer or tailor your answer in a very specific way depending on what their question is. And of course you have eye contact and you have the ability to see how they react to what you're saying to improve the way that you talk about your book or that you're writing. So it's actually a really valuable thing, but we we become quite timid as writers, and I'm no different really. It feels like we're kind of either, I don't know, showing off, or um, I guess um, boring people (laughs) by talking about, you know, your work, this thing that's so precious to you. You forget that sometimes people might actually be genuinely interested. So at this point in the conversation, I thought, well, this is my chance. This is where I could just say, yes, I'm a writer for a design company and I write copy for websites etc or I could make a point of saying actually and I also write fiction and that's what I did I took it upon myself I remembered this kind of simple rule of marketing which is to actually say something say something about what you do say something about what you've created say something about what it what it is that you want to sell so I did this with my optician he was kind of he wasn't poking around in my eye, because that's even more painful than having contact lenses that don't work properly. But he was certainly having a blinking good look, pun intended, that time. And um, and I thought I'd say it. I said, "Yeah, I'm, I write I write fiction as well, actually, and and um, I've I've written a novel." And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to show off, like I, you know, like i just said, I was worried about it. I didn't want to show off, but I I thought I'd hang back a bit with the old publication thing, hit him with that later. Fortunately, he said, "Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, is it being published?" And I thought, well, of course it is. I'm going to have to tell him, aren't I? If he's asking, then I'm not showing off because he wants to know. So I said, yes, it is, actually. It is being published. It comes out on the 1st of September this year. And um, he said, oh, brilliant, fantastic. That's good. And, um, and and often that's kind of where the conversation stops. People are they're impressed in one way or another. The fact that you've got a book written, and then if you're getting it published, they're also slightly more impressed. But he... Um, he asked me uh he asked me what it was called. So I said a is for Angelica. And um and then he said, and do you go by a pen name? Which for some reason is the question that everyone asks you. Whenever you say that you've you know, even if you've only written the first sentence of your book, if you say that you're writing one, people always say, Oh, and are you using the pen name? I don't know why people ask that, because I mean What I do know, I think they I think they want you to say yes and come up with some kind of wild, imaginative, ludicrous name like I don't know. Terry Pumpernickel, you know, like you're going to suddenly drastically change your identity just because you've written a book, or that you've written something that you're so terribly ashamed of, that your secrets are being played out in print form, or digital, of course, that uh, you can't possibly bear to use your actual real name. um But that's what he asked, and so I said, "No, no, I'm going by my my actual name, Ian Broom." Ace for Angelica by Ian Broom, and um, he didn't really say anything. He's kind of a quiet kind of. Kind of guy. In fact, he looks a lot like the uh, the old chap, the lead character from the film Up, um, which is uh, the northern way of saying up. I guess I'm not going to do any other accents um, because that one was terrible. And um, and uh, he just sort of didn't say anything, and then turned around and uh, he wrote something down. And I wasn't really sure whether he was kind of writing something interesting down or whether he was just writing something eye-related. So he might have just said, just checked eyes. Mm, there's a problem, something like that. I don't know the specifics of op- optometry, or even if that's the right word. Um, but he'd written something down, and I thought, I want to know what that was, I want to know if it was something to do with my novel or not. And, um, but I had to wait a few minutes, because he had some other eye stuff to do, um, but eventually he then, he left the room. So I took that opportunity to lean across and have a look at what it was that he'd written down. And lo and behold, he'd written down Ian Broom A is for Angelica. Now, I know that that isn't necessarily going to make me a millionaire. I'm aware of that. But I assume he wrote it down because he wanted to kind of make a note for September the 1st so he could go back and find it in his local bookshop, or, more likely, um, to search for it on Google or whichever particular search engine he chooses. He felt like a Bing man, I think. Um... And I kind of thought, crikey, I didn't really have to do much work there, and I may have just sold a book. And you never know, he might love it, and he might tell his pals about it, and I might sell another book, or maybe three books. And um, before you know it, you know, you've sold five books, and you are on your way to being a millionaire. Ah, But the point is, it's the idea of getting over the hurdle of not wanting to say something Um, because um, that's kind of the number one rule. If you don't say something, no one's going to know that your product, your book, your writing, they're not going to know that it exists. And um, that's kind of the only way people are ever going to buy anything. Um, They need to know that it is actually a thing. So that's it. That's my second section. And I need to somehow find a smooth way of moving on to section three of this podcast. But to be perfectly honest, there is no sensible way of moving on to section three, so I'm just going to go straight into it. This is kind of where the title of the podcast comes from, and it's about helping your fellow writers. So I've talked in the past on Write for Your Life, the blog, about um, about how important it is to be willing to help other writers. Um, and that can that can take so many different forms. Um, you can do lots of different things, and that's kind of what I'm going to get onto but there are lots of good reasons for doing it, and 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 kind of, there my two main ones really are: first of all, it's just nice; it's a nice thing to do. We're kind of all in this together, as writers, more or less, and um, and it's kind of a good thing to do to help other, other writers because you know what they're going through, you know their insecurities, you know their confidence problems, probably, you know. You know what it's like to suffer rejection. All those things that writers go through, if someone else is going through it too, and you can somehow ease that trouble, ease that pain, then um, I think you should. But secondly, um, because you go through all those things yourself, there's a chance you're going to want the help of another writer at some point. So by helping someone, you never know, there might come a time where you want their help as well, and you need to be ready to do that, I think. I think it's... um, it's uh, it's okay. It's fine to ask other people's help. So you need to be ready to uh, ask for it and uh, and the best way to uh, get help is to have given it in the first place. So that's kind of the premise of what I'm about to say, but it's also um it's also an idea I've had for quite a while. It's this idea of helping uh, a fellow writer and I was trying to think of all sorts of weird and wonderful ways that you can do that. Um, uh, and I'm talking about 18 months ago now, because I planned to make this into an ebook of sorts, and I might still, because I think it would be good fun to write, and a little bit silly in places. I can get quite creative with it, and I thought I would probably um, write it and put it out as an ebook on Write for Your Life, and probably again, probably become a millionaire overnight through ebook sales, which is what happens. And um and um, I haven't done that yet but I still might so I thought I'd kind of test the waters with you as I don't have anyone to talk to I thought I might as well effectively just read my notes but try and do it in a slightly interesting way I mean I've already noticed so far in this podcast uh, episode that I'm using a slightly different voice to the one that I would normally use and I don't know if that's because I'm sat in a room on my own like a massive knit so I feel like I have to put on a, a more exciting or elaborate uh, dare I say more of a dandy like voice because I haven't got anyone else to actually talk to Um, But I am aware that it's happening, and I apologise for it if it's upsetting anyone. So, ways to help a fellow writer. So I'm just going to give you a bit of a list, really, um, and hopefully you'll um, either take it upon yourself to help a fellow writer by carrying out one of these actions, or you'll read between the lines, and you'll realise that really these are ways to help yourself as well. I hope that you can read through the subtlety of it all to find that out. So um, the first one I think is quite an unusual one, but it's quite, it's quite an important one. So I think a good way to help another writer, of course, is, is to... You, you're going to kind of... Uh, I'm going to assume that you're going to have um, some kind of uh, relationship with this writer and you might already have an idea of what they're writing. Um, so if, it's, if they're writing a novel or a piece of fiction, then wouldn't it be great if you actually tried to remember the names of their characters So that when you saw that person next, that fellow writer, you could just kind of ask them about their characters. So instead of saying, how's the writing going on? Or instead of saying, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? Maybe you could say, assuming their character's name is, say, Jane. You could say, so how's Jane getting on? Has she got over that terrible bout of flu yet that she was having? Has she recovered from that uh, terrible accident where a tree fell on her? um, In that awful whirlwind that was happening in your story? I'm making that story up by the way, that isn't anything to do with my novel. It's far less exciting. So that's kind of an interesting way, isn't it? Actually remembering details of, of their work. And it makes them feel appreciated and wanted and like you really care and that when you gave them that feedback and told them that it was a rubbish idea, that whirlwinds never happen in the north of England, not like that, um, then uh, they'll say, well it doesn't matter, I, I appreciate that feedback now because I know that they really cared and they were listening because they remembered the names of my characters. Here's another tip. How about, instead of suggesting a reading group, how about inviting them to yours? And how about sort of taking taking them along and showing them what it's like? So this could be, if you're part of a reading group or a writing group, or if you've got a bunch of mates online that you keep in touch with and share things with, why not invite your fellow writer along and show them what it's like to be part of a group so instead of just saying to someone you should do this oh it's really good being part of a writing group or anything really why not actually invite them in and be active and and and, sorry proactive and actually uh uh, um, invite them to something and get them involved and help them join in and ingratiate them into an existing community rather than giving them the job the task of finding one themselves number three i'm going to number these because otherwise there's no real sort of There's no real... This is where, ideally, Mike would separate this nonsense. He'd say things like, hmm, and, um, yep, um, and maybe, indeed. He says that a lot. So I haven't got him there to do that, so I'm just going to have to number them instead, but they aren't in any sort of order. Always start with a positive, even if you're struggling to find one. Now, there will be times when you're giving feedback to a fellow writer and um, and you think that what they've written is useless. It might only be a sentence. It might be the entire thing. But there will always come a time where you know that uh, you need to give them negative feedback. But always try and start with a positive. Now, I know that it might be difficult at times. And if you really do have to give some real tough criticism that's fine, you should do that still. But if you just start off with a positive, then it kind of puts that writer in a frame of mind where they're kind of more likely to accept the uh, criticism or the feedback. Um, I'm not saying soften the blow, I'm just saying be wary of their feelings while still getting across your point. Number four, very simple one. this, lend them your favorite book. Now, I've done that many, many times. Lots of people uh, lend uh, favourite albums or they buy them their favourite album for Christmas or something like that. But um, it's important to do the same with books and it could be your favourite piece of fiction, it could be a favourite piece of non-fiction, it could be a book um, about writing, so it could be a book that's written in order to help them write. Whatever it is, if if you've read it and you've loved it and you think that they will benefit from it, then just give it to them or buy them a copy of their own, something like that. But always remember to tell them why you like it, because it's all good and well saying to someone, oh this is my favourite book Uh, I think you'll enjoy it You should give them a reason why they'll enjoy it So for instance um, it's not necessarily my favourite book but Margaret Atwood's Cat's Eye that was kind of the book that made me want to become a writer And, um, and the reason for that and if I was to pass that on to a fellow writer, then I would say oh actually it was the way that the chapters ended that really made me um, once become a writer, I found it really interesting the way that it wasn't quite a cliffhanger that was left in most cases at the end of a chapter, but there was something about the way that it ended. It was kind of an abruptness and a kind of a kind of um, a hook that came at the end um, as well as the starts, and it was that that made me want to um, refer to this book for many years to come. Something like that. Crikey! If I was handing you that book, you'd probably get fed with me talking about it, wouldn't you? another thing you could do with that book is annotate the pages so you could actually write in it at different points um, why you liked specific passages or specific turns of phrase that's another thing you could do so don't just give them the book actually annotate it and say hey this is why i think it's great in that way too so kind of in more of a physical sense uh number five i think i'm on number five i've lost count that's going to be another problem encourage them to read their work out loud so this is something that i talked about in the podcast uh, episode that I did with Mike uh, which was about um, um, it was about uh, spoken word nights so reading your work out loud is very handy, uh, it will help you spot mistakes, it will help you spot problems with the rhythm of your writing because that's always important um, and it's something that people just don't do so if you if your fellow writer, the person you're giving this advice to is quite new to writing and they haven't really spoken out loud uh, in front of people before Um, then that's something you should really recommend that they do. And be prepared to listen to it, of course. So if they say, oh, no, I feel a bit uncomfortable reading in front of other people, first of all, say, well, just do it on your own. But also say, well, I'm quite happy to uh, be on hand to do that for you. If that's all right, I'm quite happy to listen to your work. And you should also listen to their ideas. This is number six, I think. Um... You should listen to their ideas, so even if it's at the start of the process, the middle of the process, whatever it is they're writing, whether they write a blog, whether they write, um, they're writing an essay, or whether it's a novel, listen to their ideas, show that you're interested, and help them pick the right idea, if you at all can. So that's the problem we writers have. We have lots of ideas all the time, and the real challenge, the real key to, to being successful, I guess, is being able to make the right decision and pick the right idea. And if you can do that and help a fellow writer make good decisions, then uh, then you'll be extremely useful to them. Whew. This is quite tiring, talking on your own. I've got a cup of tea here. I'm going to take a quick cup of tea. You don't mind, do you, if I have a quick slurp? If you just talk amongst yourselves for a second. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. That's better. Much better. I feel I feel more lubricated. So another thing you could do is ask them to, uh, you could ask a fellow writer to uh, post you their work. Now, this may seem a little silly, but um, but actually it's not very often that writers get asked by other writers to uh, be sent uh, their work. People usually ask for feedback. I think I've said this the right way around. You would normally ask someone for feedback, wouldn't you? If you were a writer, you'd normally say, could you have a look at my story for me? It's very rare that, that, that as a writer you might go to someone, would you like me to read your story for you? And, um, and actually, sometimes that's the thing that that writer really needs at that time. They need someone to come in, step in and say, hey, I'll give you a hand, let me read your work. I'll see if I can uh, help out. So um, it's a rarity, but something that's quite quite a nice thing to do and could be really useful. Here's a number, goodness knows what, seven, seven or eight. Buy them a set of earplugs. Now, this might sound really silly, but I've found that I get distracted by sound quite easily. Not all the time. Sometimes I can write with music on even. But when I really want to concentrate, there are times where only a set of earplugs will do. And people don't think about it. People don't think about earplugs. They think they just have to find the most secluded place in the entire world with no sound whatsoever and work there. But actually, a set of earplugs, pop them in the old lug holes, and it does quite a good job. Now then, number I don't, what number are we on? Eight, nine? I'm losing my mind here. I'm actually losing my mind. I've been talking to myself for about 25 minutes. This is no good. I don't know. Number 14. If you know that uh, a fellow writer is in the middle of a long writing session, send them an encouraging email or a text message. So just send them something nice. Send them something that's not writing-related whatsoever. It could be a tweet even, just saying, hey, I hope the writing's going all right, you have wonderful eyes, or something like that. It doesn't have to be that, because uh, that could probably get you into trouble with your husband or wife or something. But, you know, just send them something nice. If you know someone's writing the, in the thick of it, then you tend to want to say nice stuff, encouraging stuff to try and help them through. You would do that at work, wouldn't you, if your colleague was going through a tough time? You know, do you want a hand? Or you'd say, oh, you know, keep going, you're doing a really good job. For writers, we tend to sit in rooms on our own and see no one for maybe 10, 20, maybe 30 years. And um, and sometimes it's nice to just get someone pop their head around the door, be it a real door or a digital door, and just say, hey, keep going, you're doing a really good job. I know that you're doing that. I'm aware that you're in that room for all those years, and um, I'm thinking about you. It's a very simple thing. A lot of these things that you can do for other writers, they're really simple but quite nice. Okay, number 42. You could send them details of your local library or local bookshops or local events. Again, sounds a bit obvious. You might think, why can't the writer do that themselves? Or why can't they go online? Or you might say something really sarcastic like, have you not heard of Google, your great big knit?" But, you know, sometimes people are busy or sometimes people don't know that those things are out there. And if you do know that those things are out there, then, you know, what's the harm in telling someone about it? And you could do that whether it's, you could do that to, um, if it's um, someone you know in real life, you could say that to them in person. You could say to them, you know, do you know that you've actually got, do you know that uh, uh, there's a library just down the road that um, uh, is stocking the latest um, book on writing written by um, Terry uh, McNutkins? And 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 they'd be really grateful. They might not know that this fantastic new book exists and is being stocked in the local library. So this is information that might seem kind of useful or that someone should be able to get themselves. But just because it's available doesn't mean that they know that it's there um, or that they're a- actively pursuing it. This is the whole thing. We need to work together. We need to share our knowledge so that we can all get better and improve together. Another thing you could do, and I'm getting towards the end because I'm quite frankly... I am running A out of breath and also out of liquid um, inside me. That that tea that I had a few minutes ago, that's entirely worn off, and I don't want to put you through the process of having another slurp. So um, I'm going to pack up after another... Let's make this the last one. That's what we'll do. So uh, let me find a good one. In fact, what I did, actually, I'll tell you what i do. Just before I came on air, so to speak, I asked Twitter what they thought. So I've had a couple of replies here. So this is... This is a suggestion from Icy Pop, who um, has actually written an article before for Write for Your Life, the blog, which is very kind. And she's quite simply written, Review books with an exclamation mark. And of course, this is an extremely valuable thing. This is a brilliant way to help a fellow writer. If they've got a book out and it's on Amazon or it's on another uh, platform where you can go on and write a review then uh, go on and write a review because they're really helpful and they really do genuinely help book sales um assuming that you write a favorable review now i don't think you should just go on and write a five star review for you know if you don't think it deserves five stars and of course if it if your friends if your fellow writers uh, book is you know you don't actually like it then probably best not to write a review at all but if you do like it and you think it's at least 3 to 4 stars then go on support that writer and uh, give them a review Similarly, Kath Eastman, she's also replied pr- 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 goodness gracious, she's also replied on Twitter. Buy their book, read it, write a review and post everywhere. Everywhere is written in capital letters. In brackets if they're published, or be a cheerleader, in brackets if as yet unpublished. So that's quite important to remember too. The idea of going and, and writing reviews and reading someone's book. And kind of just generally supporting, uh, supporting it, and and posting it everywhere, and and kind of being a general advocate for someone's work. You don't, they don't need to be published for that. You can be. I've had people that you know really championed me over the years, and they've been really kind and very, very generous with their attention and their time and their kind of willingness to tell people about As Rangelica, my novel. And that's when I wasn't um, on the way to it being published. It was, you know, I was even writing it you need people, you need fellow writers who are willing to get behind your work at all times. So I think that's Kath Eastman's message there. (laughs) And finally, here's one by hit underscore delete. And he says, my number one way to help a fellow writer would be don't send them messages so they don't have anything to look at on Twitter and can write instead. Now that's... um, That is good advice, I suppose, but um, I think that if... You can't really blame other people... your own procrastination and in fact that's quite a good piece of advice to end with because it's something I do, I quite often think oh if only all those people hadn't been saying interesting things, if only they hadn't made that wonderful television programme that I just had to watch, maybe I would have written something instead, but actually of course it always comes down to you so um, you should make sure that you are responsible for your own ability to write and if you can see a fellow writer struggling to handle that responsibility then I guess a good thing to do would be to step in and poke them in the ribs with a shoehorn and say, come on, stop watching Game of Thrones or American Idol and uh, crack on with some work, you great big uh, knit I say knit quite a lot. It's kind of a good replacement for a swear word. Okay, that's it. That is a one-man podcast. I don't know if I ever want to do that again because it's um, very stressful and um, I'm sure it's been quite stressful for you too. If you want to find me on the internet, then goodness help you. And um, you, but you can if you want, and it's at Ian Broom on Twitter. That's I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. and you can also find me at WriteForYourLife.net, which is the blog of the podcast. And um, and uh, thank you very much for listening. You can also help me, your fellow writer, by saying nice things about this podcast on iTunes. You just head on, um, hit five stars, preferably. And um, write a very kind review saying um, nice stuff. And um, I'll, be f- I'll be grateful forever, pretty much. And, um, and, and your best friend. So that's it. Speak to you next week, hopefully with a co-host.